Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back to the Propane Business Podcast. This is episode five of how to start your online fitness business. And today, we are going to be talking about coaching. You know, Johnny has coached now online for 10 years. Um, I've been coaching for a few years online and also done some stuff offline. So I'm going to talk a little bit about kind of like the little bit of a differences between those two things. But yes, Johnny, you know, we normally kick it off with some would you rather's or some riddles. Do you have any for me today? Yes, yeah, so I've, I've leveled my riddle game up to oh. try and get it past the, the riddle master. So if anyone hasn't heard the last episode, go and listen to the first like 15 minutes to just be perplexed by Alex's uh, riddle ability. These aren't, these probably are not what you're expecting. <laughs> Oh, no. They're a bit different. Are you ready? Maybe. Yes. Go for it. I speak without a mouth and hear without ears. I have no body, but I come alive with the wind. What am I? Oh, (laughs) fuck. Damn. I'm going to climb inside that one and... uh... (laughs) Think for a little bit. Jesus, I mean, there's a lot, a lot of moving parts in there. You speak with no mouth. You hear with no ears. So we're in object town. But the speaking and the hearing is what's throwing me. Come alive with the wind. It's very difficult, to be honest. <laughs> Shall I tell you? No, give me a couple guesses that I'm well, going to get wrong. Okay. So is it is it a musical instrument? No. Is it like a kind of weather vane? That's no, but I mean, you, you're probably thinking about it in the right way. I just, it's the hearing that's throwing me because objects can't hear, and that's where I've, that's so, where I've been. So, lost. exactly, exactly. Oh, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you because the answer will allow you to maybe have a crack at the next one. Okay. It's, an, it's an echo. Oh. Piss off. That's how, that's how I feel towards that one. But do you, like, now do you see what I mean? Yes, I do. Because obviously an, an echo can't exist without the initial... The initial... Noise. So it is hearing on. that. Okay. Mm, that's... Hmm, that's spurious. I'd like to take that to a jury, a riddle jury, and uh, I don't know how I feel about that. But anyways, we go again. Next you, one. <laughs> You measure my life in hours, and I serve you by expiring. I'm quick when I'm thin and slow when I'm fat. The wind is my enemy. What am I? Oh, my God. Measure me in hours. Is it... It's not a day. That's not like... 
No. No. You measure my life in hours, and I serve you by expiring. I'm quick when I'm thin, and slow when I'm fat. The wind is my enemy. The wind is like the fucking wind. Um... I did warn you that I'd levelled up my riddle game. You have. I've been stumped. I don't know if anyone's screaming at the... uh, The answer is a candle. A fucking candle. (laughs) I was like, I was like, sand. Is it something to do with, like, you know, timers? I think think we found Alex's ability limit, ladies and gentlemen. I know. I need to go away. Final one. I have cities, but no houses. I have mountains, but no trees. I have water, but no fish. What am I? Map. Jesus. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, phew. I, was, I was about to be grumpy for the rest of the whole podcast. Wow. <laughs> that was instant. Have you heard that yeah. one before? No, I'm just a genius. <laughs> no, I haven't heard that one before, but that was... Okay. All right, was all right, like, all right. Someone came... Oh, that you've oh you've unlocked you've unlocked the next one in that case. Oh. This is more your sort of thing. What is seen in the middle of March and April that can't be seen at the beginning or end of either month? The letter R. Oh my God. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Oh, that's better. Get me back on words, not these right. wind, oh, wind-based. No. I don't like wind-based riddles. <laughs> that's, clearly a, that's clearly a gap in my game. Anything involving a gust, and I'm screwed. Oh. Johnny is looking at his screen, shaking his head. <laughs> for, for anyone listening. Yeah. Oh, it's not a riddle, it's just a weird question. Oh, this is a good one right okay. a, a woman shoots her husband then holds him underwater for five minutes next she hangs him right after they enjoy a lovely dinner explain so so what's happened is she's taken a photo of her husband that's the shooting right Held him underwater. I guess they had like a bath together in a jacuzzi. That's kind of my like. What was the final? What was the next bit? This might be totally wrong, by the way. But you, you, you're spot on. What's the, what was the third bit? So hangs him. She she took a picture of him and developed it in a dark room. Ah, um, shoots her husband with a, photo, her husband. with a photo for the for the photographer with a camera. Holds him underwater <laughs> for five minutes. Then hangs him and they have a lovely Hangs day. him on the wall and they have a lovely day. God, this yeah. is, I, so I thought I'd found your limit, but clearly... I, I was halfway on that one. I'm, I'm giving myself like marks for workings out, but it's not the full answer there, unfortunately. You know, this is, this is how you stay in the game of riddles. You've got to be harsh with marking. <laughs> a girl has many brothers and sisters, but each brother has only half as many brothers and sisters. How many brothers and sisters are there in the family? Oh, that could go away. That just sounds horrible. What? I, I don't has... even know how you get to the bottom of that, to be honest. What is it? A girl has... Many brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. but each brother 
has only half as many brothers and sisters. Four four sisters and three brothers. I don't know why. With with that, <laughs> I think we should move on. <laughs> but if, but yes. Another another impressive round of we can't riddle Alex. It was hey, that was a tough one, but you know I'm happy to come back next week and try again. <laughs> yes, let's get into it. How to deliver effective coaching online? So you know you've got your sales and lead gen sorted. Uh, you've got all of you know your websites up and running. All of that's in place. Um, you know, you figured out your offer, you figured out your niche, who you're serving. How are you going to actually coach them in an online capacity? Is this, this is the final one of this series, right? Uh, there's, there's a, there's a couple more actually. There's some sneaky, sneaky ones. Is there? Yes, there okay. is. But, uh, but yes. Okay. How are you going to coach them? Well, so I'll start off with the, the, the question we are asked a lot or the topic we are asked a lot, which is why are we so against one-to-one coaching online? Well, I suppose I should define like what is one-to-one coaching online? How do we define yeah. that? So um, what we initially did when we started coaching was uh, basically there, there was obviously Yusuf and I running this together. Um, somebody would sign up. We'd get a, like it was a PayPal notification. Um, it was usually like someone we've kind of vaguely knew and we would text each other back and forth and decide who was going to take the client. And then we would go into PayPal. We would manually email the person um, and say like, Hey, my name is Johnny. I'm going to be coaching you, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Here's like basically an email that we sent them with some, some information to send us. And then the the relationship continued like that. So there was a one-to-one call, we built the program manually. It was actually usually using Word documents. Um, and every week they would send an email check-in. And during the week they would send emails. And the, the, the coaching evolved like that. Um, and that's sort of the worst version of one-to-one, right? Because basically what the person is getting from you, what the client is getting from you, we're going to ask a question. I was going to say that there may be a worse version, but I would like to hear your. Uh, okay, All right. I would like to hear your uh, clarification on why you think this is the worst version. You're right. I think that there probably are worse versions. Um, I think emails a step up from a, some some stuff that some people use, but um, basically, like we, because we were originally doing this around full time jobs, as as most people are, right? Most people don't start an online fitness business with a, a couple of million in funding so they can just live off the funding and, and get it to grow, right? It's not your income usually so you're doing something else we're doing in the evenings and weekends and as things slowly got busier in the business the quality of the coaching we delivered got worse so you do get to the point while no one would ever want to admit this you get to the point sometimes where someone emails you a question saying like hey johnny just to uh just a quick question what were my what are my what my carb targets for this week again and you're like i can't remember (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, you know, you, you, repl- you spent last night, you spent Sunday evening replying to 10, 20 emails, changing lots of different clients, cut you try and keep records, but eventually, eventually you forget because you're just a human being, right? And you're busy and you're yeah. tired and you're juggling lots of different things. So basically the service is completely reliant and dependent on you, which can be a good thing. And it seems better because it seems bespoke, but ultimately you make mistakes, you forget and 
you, your reply times get longer, your responses get less tolerant. Yes. Um, and the busier you get, sort of the less the less happy you are to put all of your time and effort into these these clients, right? So basically, one-to-one coaching is where you are communicating with someone and you are their main point of contact. They can't really get help from any other avenue. And you are also the thing that is that is creating and delivering and sending all of the information so that you're designing their program, you're adjusting their nutrition. And I suppose one of the easiest diagnostic questions is if you decided on Monday to take a month off or to take a week off, then the clients would just have nothing, right? It's not like, it's not like they would, well, I'm not going to get replies, but I've still got all this information on hand when I need it. There's literally nothing exists if you don't reply to them. So that's kind of traditionally one-to-one. Why don't we like it? It just inherently cannot scale. Like it's fine when you've got 15 or 20 clients, but if you want to have 40 clients or 50 clients or a hundred clients, you can't do that one-to-one. And so the way that most business coaches try and fix that is by turning up the dial of saying, well, we need to charge more money and that creates other, other problems, right? So if you've got a coach who can only coach 20 people and they want to make 10 grand a month or whatever the, like the six figure fit pro number, then the only way you can do that is by incrementally upping your price. You can't up your coaching volume, right? Your client volume. So that's like an initial explanation. You look like you've, you've poised the question. I'm poised. I'm ready. So no, my, my addition to an even worse version of what you originally described was you also include one-to-one Zoom workouts as part of your <laughs> one-to-one coaching service because the ceiling is even lower for your capacity yes. to deal with clients and they suck as sessions. <laughs> they're just but, not, yeah, they're not valuable to the client. They're not valuable to you. And they're just, people think they're valuable because that's what you, you're like, Oh, okay. I'm going online. What I do in a gym is I stand in front of someone and I say, nice form. And <laughs> Oh, unlucky. That's not good form. <laughs> Let's change your form. But online, it just, it doesn't work. One, you can't like, you can't rotate. So all of the, the benefits of being in person, which very few people need an in-person coach, but the benefits are that you can like walk around the person in the room and look at the angles of kind of all the movements they're doing and really like dial in on technique. That's about it. That's about the only benefit you get from being in person. And you can't do that on Zoom unless you had a weird system of asking them to like, as they, as they had a person in the room with them that was moving around them with the camera. So it, it just doesn't work. Um, and yes, that's a little side note about like basically one-to-one Zoom. I think that's why a lot, a lot of people, you know, lockdown happens, they panic, they go, fuck, I need to get this online. I'll, you know, and they try and mimic what they do offline online and, and that's a massive mistake because of the many things we've just talked about you know that there's just a, there's a big limit on your time and it, and it gets capped and if you're doing everything in the in the same manual way that you might do in-person coaching you're, you're just shooting yourself in the foot from a business perspective yeah and it's uh, you're right that it, it one-to-one zoom workouts have only been a thing this year really yeah like because i suppose uh, there are some people in the fitness industry, the consumers who will just never be a, an online client. Like as soon as, or, or rather as soon as they can go back to offline personal training, like traditional personal training or the boot camp or their classes or whatever they're doing, that's what they'll do. And yeah. they'll never want to do the online thing again. Right. That, yeah. that, there is that part of the market. We can't deny that. Um, and what those people want a lot of the time is not 
some sort of well thought out, well planned. Right? Obviously, they they want things that are well thought out, but they're they're not looking for like a twelve week cycle of training that's perfectly periodized and fits into their life and consultation about their sleep and their habits and their lifestyle. Right? They're looking for ultimately a gym partner to keep them accountable. That's yeah. kind of one of the main benefits of of offline coaching. I would even argue. So I, I've had for for powerlifting, which is obviously probably three quarters technique in terms of like your ability to succeed. I've had offline sessions. So in a gym with a coach looking at my form and I've had online help with my technique and I've always had more from the online help because that coach can put your, a video of you from three different angles through different software and look at where the bar is over your foot and look at all kinds of analysis and say, Oh, well actually if you do this with the angle of your feet, then your center of mass changes and like suddenly they've taken all of the information available, slowed it down and given you one cue versus someone who, yeah, they may have like 30 years of experience who look at it and have a gut reaction of like, Oh, this, but they might be right. They might not be right. Right. Where, cause they, they're just, they're taking that information in and basically relying on, on instinct. So I think really the only thing that, that cannot be done online, at least at the moment with the technology is, the direct accountability of like, I'm paying this personal trainer. And if I don't, if I pay and I don't go, then I'm, I'm an idiot. Right. Yeah. They're expecting me to be there. So zoom sessions. Although you'd be surprised how many people still pay and don't show up. Well, yeah, but so like it's, it's creating like a pain of not going to the session, right? Yes. Or not going to the gym. Um, and zoom, zoom classes replace that. So they're a, they're an online alternative for an offline client. They're an online kind of abridged version of well, how do we get through this until gyms open again? Yeah. Um, online coaching, traditional online coaching, like certainly we've never had a client yet who just pays because they want someone to email, <laughs> right? Or who just just pays because they like. They just cannot get anybody to reply to their WhatsApp messages. And if they get an online coach, then at least the person's obliged. Right? <laughs> so you, people are in it for a different reason, usually. Yeah. Um, and they, they, they kind of have a, they maybe have a motivation problem, but they have like a different motivational problem. And, yeah. and the reason they're in the gym is to really push and get a result, not necessarily to just like get into the habit. If, if I stick the habit of going to the gym and I have a PT, then I can, I'm probably eventually going to get my goals. But I'm not that. I'm not like pushing for PBs or anything like that. Usually, I know I'm making huge sweeping generalizations here, but <laughs> generally that's the the split, right? So someone yes. who who is after a, um, it was after online programming and online coaching does not necessarily want one to one in person done over Zoom classes at home, especially when gyms reopen. So that is worse. And yeah, like you are basically just creating, you're saving the commute. You're not paying rent. Obviously, you pay rent to, or, or a mortgage to live where you are, but you're not paying rent to a gym. Um, but you still like have to get your clients to attend the Zoom classes at certain times. You still have all of those constraints. Um, and that's just a better way of doing it, basically. Yeah. So we might as well talk a little bit about kind of what is that better way. And I, I think also speak to, you know, you talk about people want a different thing from online coaching generally than they do with in-person coaching. Um, and kind of what what would you say is that or what the kind of core principles behind the, what you can do online that really appeals to people? So I think the, the main, the main principle that determines what you do is it comes back to the stuff we've talked about in the other episodes, which is like, who's my client? 
and what do they actually want and that determines what you do in terms of your coaching and support right because like what does a client need to get to where they're trying to get to and what a lot of coaches do is they sort of throw all this stuff in that's basically their time because it's the only resource you have so it's like well if i give more time to somebody then i feel better about charging the price that i'm charging because i charge like 30 pounds an hour but i'm charging 100 pounds for this online service a month but they don't get any of my time like that feels wrong right or maybe they get way less of my time that feels wrong so oh i know i'll give them like a weekly call or they can (laughs) uh, i i hear this all the time daily daily check-ins daily messages um, to check in with like meal plans and habits and nutrition and all these sorts of things um so the the fundamentals usually are like people need a direction so they need a program to actually follow they need some kind of accountability so they want to feel like they are they have somebody there who is at least aware of the fact (laughs) that they're doing something that they are attempting to do this plan that they've said is going to work exactly exactly and that person will have probably questions Mm -hmm. right they'll have challenges that that arise because obviously there's there's the perfect plan and then there's the turbulence that happens with the perfect plan yeah. right like the the seatbelt signs come on the cabin pressure drops like all the all the situations that happen in your life that you've got to deal with and you can you've got to be there to give them the answers or give them the help to deal with those things yeah. so ultimately that's really it so it's it's kind of the initial plan which is usually take all my knowledge and expertise and working with people similar to this and the goal what's like the best foot forward here like what's what's most likely to work off you go Right. And that person's aware that you're doing it. And hopefully they're in a group of people who are doing something similar. Yeah. Right? Remembering that you are 5% of this person's life, 10% of this person's life at a push. Right. They occasionally, when they see an email from you or when they go on their Facebook, it's like, oh, yeah, that thing. Right. Whereas you are, they are like a huge part of your life because they're your clients and you're thinking about them all the time. So you're constantly worrying about their experience. They, when they go to the canteen at lunch, think about it for a moment like oh yeah coach said this like oh yeah i should do this let me just refer to my oh yeah got it right so they're off they're on their plan if they they're like oh i wonder how i i'm going out for dinner tonight what do i do oh, i'll see if my coach has the answer i'll go into the resource section of the members portal that they gave me access to and see if there's a video oh there is how brilliant i got the answer straight away yeah and then two weeks in three weeks in weight loss stalls they need someone to address their, their programming for them um, or maybe they complete their program and they're kind of buying into the next phase. But basically that's that's it, right? And sometimes, at least for us anyway, like when we tried to do more frequent like one-to-one calls with people, they're, they're busy and often it's like a faff for them, right? Yeah. Like you speak to them and there's like a kid crying in the background or they're, drive, they're on the commute on the way to work because they're squeezing it in. It's not really helping them. It's not helping them actually get the result. And equally messaging you daily also doesn't really help them. No, like, and I think, it, it, I mean, psychologically, I think it gives people a crutch to say, I'm not going to do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think my, oftentimes a coach can give you a lot of value by just being silent and being like, well, that's the plan. Sorry. Yeah. And not having daily check-ins allows that to happen. And I think, you know, so obviously we're talking about coaching from like, the coach's perspective and like, you know, obviously it's easier on your time if you're not having all these one-to-one conversations, but 
from the, the client's perspective as well, having someone, you know, having these boundaries that they have to adhere to is going to be more likely to get them the result anyway. Um, and I think like that's kind of, you need to both make the coaching appealing to someone, but also it has to be effective because the effectiveness is how you actually maintain a client for a long period of time. Yeah. And, and like with regards to effectiveness, I don't think I've ever had a scenario where a client needed anything changing to their plan more frequently than weekly. Yeah. Right. Like even with the exception of someone, uh, like weight cutting for a competition or something like that, that's a very specific population of people. Yeah. Um, like if you're talking about general population, fat loss, muscle gain, there's a plan that's set out in the beginning, which is informed by their goals. And then probably even for the first couple of weeks, the changes are very minor. And like ultimately what has to happen is they have to go and do the work, right? Yeah. They have to follow the nutritional approach. They have to follow the training approach. If they aren't doing those things, that's a separate problem. But none of these things are fixed by like daily messaging, right? Then yeah. they're not fixed by um, a weekly call or a daily call or a fancy app. And I think this is the, it's the thing that's the most important to, to remember is that the only thing that really matters at the end of the day is that your clients are happy and they enjoy, mm-hmm. and they feel like they're getting a lot for what they're paying. And that comes back to, well, what did they come to you for in the first place? Yeah. Which circles back to, well, like no one comes to an online coach because they want someone to WhatsApp them every day. Right. So no. they're there because they want to, they want a result, right. They want to ultimately lose weight or gain muscle or improve whatever it is. Right. And so all things point to that, like is yes. adding this in helping this? Yes or no. And if it is, great. But then it's like, well, how do I make that fit in my life? And yes. if it isn't, then probably someone's adding it in because it makes them feel better <laughs> about saying it's this much a month. Exactly. Right? And then I, I think also with that, in terms of like the messaging or like, you know, oh, you can talk to us 24 hours a day or you have access to us. Like that stuff, I mean, it is useful in its, if it was honest, you know what I mean? <laughs> if that if that person honestly had 24-7 access to message you with whatever crisis was coming up in their training and have a like high-quality conversation with you about it, that would be useful, but you can't do that. So what's the online version of that? It's not pretending you can do that and half doing it. <laughs> yeah, It's having something like a members area that you talked about a little bit, that has a bank of videos that they can access at any time of the day that answers these most common questions because people are very similar. Human beings are very similar creatures. You know, the only, the only time I think people really need that super, super specific advice is in the extreme elite levels. And if you're in that level, you're probably not like a PT, if that makes sense. You're, you're probably something else. Do you know what I mean? Like you're probably on an Olympic team and not looking to leverage your online business because you're, you know, you've got the Olympic coaching team to worry about. Um, so for the vast, vast majority, 99% of people, there will be something that you can pre-record which will talk to that issue. And because it's pre-recorded, you won't need to be there physically to access it, but that person can access it at any time. And that is more convenient, and it's also going to be the best explanation of it that you ever do. If someone messages you at midnight, you're going to give like a fob-off, half-assed response. 
which is going to be you know several degrees worse than your best explanation put together filmed maybe some graphics alongside it that help illustrate it to people that learn differently like the potential of when you pre-record stuff and put it in a members area delivers a much better client experience and delivers a lot more value to the client even though you aren't personally there and i think that's a big thing that that people that's a big mindset shift that people need to have if they're trying to make stuff work online yeah and it's the it's realizing that if you if if you sounds weird explaining it like if you have a call with someone all that's happening is their phone or laptop or tablet is like making a noise right with information and they hear the information they're like all right yeah that answers my question now i can go and do the actions every day that i needed to do right so you can do that live with them you sitting and saying it at the time or you can have a version of it that they can access as many times as they want at 3 a.m right and it's still the best explanation and so i think like this is something we talk about on our like weekly meeting where we talk about improving programs and improving so even in in proper business when we're improving that it's like every like the coaching we should be doing and the support we should be giving is the stuff that cannot be standardized, yeah. right? Like here is my version of this that I've created from the information you gave me. And there's no way, like at least in the, the technology we have, right? Until AI is fully integrated in these things, like <laughs> somebody has to look at that and go, yeah, versus the ideal, this is what we need to change, right? So looking at someone's data, looking at someone's training, looking at someone's form videos, that's what you should be spending your time doing. Okay. And that doesn't take as long as you think it does. But if you find yourself actually, if you actually look at what most coaches do, they're also spending several hours a week answering all of these sorts of questions. Or or chatting, chatting about how someone's day is or, you know, but that, and that's fine. that That is fine, but you shouldn't have that as part of what you're charging for. Yeah. Well, it's more that like if you if you're already spending two hours a week on a, on a client, then doing that on every client as well, like ask, having small talk with every client, suddenly drops your hourly rate down and down and down. Yes, which leads to the the way that you measure all of this, right? Which is like we have we have KPIs and targets for all the advertising and the marketing. How do you measure your coaching success, right? So one of one of like the easiest metric is just how many testimonials have you got. Like how many before and afters, how many clients have left a positive review, but on a more uh, like shrunk down version, like how many hours a week does it take you to maintain this many clients, right? Because if you've got 30 clients and it takes you 30 hours a week, then what do we think 40 clients will take or 50 (laughs) clients will take, right? So if there's a one to one. That is a riddle. That's a tough one. Yeah. (laughs) And that, like, a lot of people are closer to that than they than they realize. I think um, yeah. if, if you really sit and count count it that count it out, like factor in the the you know the Sundays that you write off because you're writing everyone's programming for the week, or the Mondays you write off, the Monday evenings you stay up till midnight because you're applying everybody's check in, and then all of the things that drip into Messenger and WhatsApp and text and call and and all this sort of stuff that you have to answer in between. All, what all of that is basically doing from a business perspective is maintaining revenue, right? You're, yeah. you're treading water. You're stopping people from leaving and people are going to leave anyway. 
Like even yeah. if you are up till 10 p.m. messaging them, they're still going to leave. So you need to have time to put into marketing, to developing new products, et cetera, et cetera. So again, something we talk about in our, in our program is the better the product gets, the less time you should actually be spending coaching. Yeah. Right? So we, without going down the rabbit hole of, of how propane business works, like we have this bit of software we use that, that delivers a lot of previously answered questions and is like a help help desk for people. And we can see how many people are searching in it. And we know if we can see that the number of searches goes up over time, what that's actually doing is saving our coaching hours, right? Because yes. we've already answered those questions. We've already given the best version of answers of those questions. So someone could ask us again and we can give them an answer, but it probably won't be as good as the one that we spent like 10 minutes preparing for and 20 yes. minutes explaining. That has graphs and has, you know, exactly. drawings related to it. And yeah. I mean, that's, that's the massive thing. And I think that it's, it's a very difficult thing to emotionally process as a coach is that especially you know, offline, you get so used to having to value your time and that being your asset and that being the resource that you give to people that it's really difficult to understand. I mean, I know you've talked about this quite a lot too. It's like, it's really difficult to understand. Like I could never talk to someone and they could still massively benefit off any of my like fitness information and my training. Mm-hmm. And like you, and that experience is really weird. And you also like, you don't know it until you've looked at it. Like, for example, I know, I know we were talking a little bit about the database, but we looked at a database in the propane business program and looked at some questions and looked at the ones that were most commonly answered. And then from that, you know, from the ones that are most commonly searched, we can realize, oh, okay, maybe we need to up that or, or put that in a more visible place. Um, but that's still about us avoiding having to answer questions that we've already answered before. Um, yeah. You know, and it's not about getting rid of questions entirely because then you're maybe stepping away a little bit too much and you're, and you're probably like a bit, you know, that's not, the, that's not your goal. Your goal is to get really high quality questions and a small amount of them with most of it being answered. Um, in, in your kind of coaching material that you put together. Yeah. And like the, the fitness equivalent is we spent three years, I think just doing Q and a after Q and a after Q and a chopped them all up. And now like pretty much every, we've even got like products that are available for people to download that are just the FAQs. <laughs> Cause like there's so much, so many hours of information in there from like, if I take ibuprofen, does it impact my hypertrophy? Right. Every, like every stuff you even can't even think of yourself. So it, I suppose the easiest way to think of this is imagine you've got 10 clients and all of them say to you, um, I'm training tonight. How should I warm up for squatting? Right. For example, and you, and they, you get that email at 3 PM and they're all nine to five workers and they're all going to go train at five thirty, and you pick up those emails at six o'clock. Yeah. Right. Do those, do those clients, because you're giving a really bespoke service, do those clients have a good experience or a bad experience as a result of your high contact accountability one-to-one system, right? It's a worse experience because it yeah. relied on you. And then is every single person going to get the absolute best explanation? Probably not. Like, are you going to go home, open your laptop and go, right, I need to do a 30-minute video that walks people through like movement by movement, how to warm up and then how to load the bar and how to think about like what weight to do first and what to do if someone's using the equipment. And whereas if you had that in your resource section and someone thinks at 3 PM I'm training tonight. Oh, what have I got squats? Oh, how do I warm up for that? 
oh, let me just filter. Oh, there's the video. Yeah. Um, great experience, right? They got a thorough, complete explanation to their, to their question without even having to ask you. Yeah. And what's weird for the coach is that they weren't asked. So they think, well, I'm not doing anything. So yeah. I can't justify charging for this. But the, meanwhile, the client sat there thinking this is great. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even have to ask. So I, I think that's the, the difference is what people are used to versus what actually really works best for both people. Like it's okay to not do things manually if it's still good for the customer. If it's yeah, if it's high quality, like mm-hmm. that's the thing. It's it's not about like trying to automate everything. You know those people that have like autoresponders <laughs> that just every time an email goes out to them, there's an auto response, and it's like, oh, just awful. Don't be yeah. don't be auto response guy. But <laughs> in terms of like automating content so that it's delivered in a very thought, you know, it's it's about doing something thoroughly and excellently <laughs> at once. Mm-hmm. No, it's uh, and making that be your kind of the way that you thought of, and also like that growing over time a little bit. You know, as we talked about, and you know, we reflect on the program, the business program, really often, and make changes to improve it. But, but it's not like every single day, every action in your business should be manually done by you because it got your name on the door. So you have to, you know, you know what I mean. Like you can leverage the power of computing and the power of like basically being able to clone yourself infinitely by having a pre-recorded video or something and go back and watch it. Yes. Yeah. And, and people like knee jerk at this and say, Oh, it's you're giving people cookie cutter programming. Like that's just an easy, that's just someone putting this in a box. Cause that's, you know, I want to, I don't understand it. So I'm just going to criticize it and say it's cookie cutter. Cause what I do is really like bespoke and high quality. Cause I, we all think we're special. Well, yeah. And, and all, all people do as much as they hate to admit it is, is make a series of like binary yes, no decisions in responses to information. Right? <laughs> so like a client comes to, to you and they have all of like a set of parameters that you have to optimize for. And so you use your coaching wisdom that you've acquired over 20 years to come up with this bespoke thing. But all you do is go right this many days a week, this many exercises a session, this many reps, sets, load, this many modifications, and like you end or up, if you're, or if you're tired, you go, oh, fucking, oh, just, uh, oh, yeah, just this. Fine. But you, you end up at a template, right? <laughs> like you're not making, you're not, you're not like crafting it differently every session. You know, yeah. it's, it, it's still a temp, it's still a version of a, a program that you've written for that person. Why could that not have been made two months ago? Why does that make it any less relevant for that person? It is a problem if it's like I have one program and that goes to a hundred people. That is a yeah. problem. But it, just because you've been organized and thought about it, so the person gets a faster response from you and a better service and something that's more systematized and, and maybe even automated completely. Yeah. And you don't have to manually do that. That's not a, that's not a bad thing. That's a good, that's, yeah. a, that's a proper business. Well, so, exactly. I'm sorry. I'll no, just no, say, I think this, you know, this comes back, you know, as you said, not one for a hundred people, but probably if, if you're Matt Rhodes swim coach and you have your niche and you're only attracting people in this certain group. There's only going to be maybe 10 max different sort of templates that are going to be suitable for that, that population. You know, there's going to be when they're beginner, when they're intermediate, when they're advanced, for example, or there's going to be, you know, people that are training for butterfly or people that are training for breaststroke. This is my swim knowledge kind of peeking out here. (laughs) I'm not Matt Rhodes, so I can't speak to swimming. Um, But you know, that like, there's still 
we think, well, it goes back to, we think we're so special. We think we're so different. And like, unless they are in the Olympics or they are, you know, at this like super elite level, they're not. And even the people at the super elite level, it's still just science. And like, there's more tweaking, but it's still like, it's still probably a similar program. Um, but yeah, that's I just... Be, I bet at the elite level, there's a lot of standard templates going on. Oh, 100%. Because like, you'll be working with a coach who's like, to, to your coach as an Olympic athlete, you're just, you're just the next athlete. Yeah. Like you're, you're not special snowflake. You're just the next person who's made it to the Olympics who they're, who they're coaching. Like that's normal for them. So... Yeah. And why why would you do something different when you knew what worked last time? Oh, that, that's got me gold medals. Let me write oh, a no. different one. But that won't work this time because, <laughs> of, because of something that I can't really define. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think like it, coming back to what I said at the start, what does a client want? A result. So if someone buys from you at three in the morning, your time, you wake up, you see the sale, you're like, oh, that's cool. And you never hear from them for 12 weeks. And 12 weeks later, they send you a before and after and a, a really heartfelt testimonial. Is that or is that not a good service for the client or a good experience for the client? Like, does it matter that they haven't had weekly calls from you? And this is where, like, the emotional side of this comes in because the coach thinks, yeah, but they oh, they need they need my expertise and everything I have to say to them and they need to hear from me. But like, if they don't, then they don't because they didn't come, for you, come to you for that. They yes. didn't, they're not paying for a friend. They're paying for the result. So everything points back to what what does that require? What does that service look like? And then how do I fit that service into my life? Because if you are charging too little or you are spending too many hours doing it or you resent the, the process, eventually you'll just give up anyway, in which case none of this stuff even matters. <laughs> and then, so then the, I suppose just to, do we have anything else to, to discuss? I have like one final concept to mention. Round, round it out. Cool. So there's something I talk about on uh, webinars and trainings we do, which I think is originally from the guy who founded Walmart, but it's been popularized by, what's it called? Sam Walton. Yes. Yeah. I think that's the Walmart geese. Yeah. He's got a book called Made in America where he talks about this. And then Jeff Bezos is, is very well known for it. And it's called the, it's like the flywheel concept or, just a flywheel. So basically if you look at Amazon, when like why they do so well is they have the most choice, the cheapest shipping, right? Which means that more, a lot of people go to Amazon to buy from Amazon, which means there's a, there's a lot of money going through Amazon, which means that sellers flock to Amazon to sell on Amazon, which means there's more choice on Amazon, which means more people buy from Amazon, which means more people sell on Amazon. And basically the busier Amazon is, or the better Amazon does financially, the better the service is and the better the business becomes, the better the logistics are, the better the cheaper they can afford to do things. You get free shipping, you get prime for 70 quid a year or whatever it is, right? The whole thing just becomes like a runaway train that you can't catch because of how busy they are. That's right. Whereas if you look at a one-to-one online fitness business, the busier that gets, the worse that becomes for everybody. Yeah. So the customer gets a word that like the founding 10 people who signed up for you originally now just don't hear from you at all. Right. And then your, your experience of running the business gets worse and worse and worse. Even though the, the finances are going up, they kind of go up to a point and they peak and then they start falling again as people cancel and complain. And then you have to try and scale it again. And it's just this wave that's. Oh. 
Brilliant. Just as I was Dex- reaching the Dexter, crescendo. Dexter agrees with the flywheel concept. <laughs> I think that is uh, Tesco delivery, actually. Oh. Just another example of uh, positive flywheel. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the reason why we talk about group coaching a lot, which I realize we've not really spoken about that much in this episode, but the reason why we talk about that a lot and everything we've just spoken about is if every new person who signs up needs something new from you, so they need a new program making or they need, they have a different question than answered before. And the way you approach that is like, right, this person could only train three days a week and they only had 30 minutes to train. That's going to need me to make a new program. I'm going to make it. I'm going to program out 20 weeks of programming but then I'm going to save it down. That 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 eventuality is now taken care of. Yes. They've got all these different questions. I'm going to answer them. And then that's that question then answered. So that means that the more customers that come into the program, the more resources you're making, the more yes. Q&As you're answering. And actually people who've been with you for a year, they get that benefit too, right? They get, they, they get the answers to new questions and all that sort of stuff. So if you see it as, as I get busier, I'm creating resources. I'm adding things to my program. I'm adding things to my like digital asset that is my business. Then the busier you become, the better your business becomes, the better your offer becomes, rather than trying to be the hero and doing everything manually every time, because that's like the, the thing that you believe you have to do. Yeah. All right, well, that is that's awesome. It. That's it, guys. So we'll be, we'll be back again for episode six very soon. Stay tuned for more riddles and speak to you soon see ya want to learn more about the systems we use to run build and scale propanefitness.com head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build propane fitness we walk through the sales systems the delivery systems follow-up remarketing how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24 7 we really do cover the full thing right and if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels, the best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.